Hello, friends, and welcome to Tell Us More, a podcast from Lake Forest Church. I'm your host, Nathan Story. Joining me are Aaron Gibson and Cesar Guerrero, an old faithful panel of people. Good to see you again, guys. Thanks Happy for joining me. Yeah, glad to be here. Happy fall, everyone. Yes. Feels glorious. What is the first day of fall, by the way? September 21st, right? Oh, is it? Yeah, 21st. Is it that sp- late? Spring is March 21st. Okay, so I'm, a li- I'm late to the right. party. Fall came a couple weeks back. Yeah, but it, does, it didn't feel like it yet. It did I not did feel. for a while, and feel. then it, we got deathly heat again. And yeah. <laughs> What do the kids say these days? All the feels now? We're getting all the fall feels? Is that how that goes? <laughs> Absolutely. Sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> the youth pastor is yeah. rolling his eyes over. The youth group leader <laughs> says, okay. <laughs> sure, that's what, that's what they say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we just uh, are coming off a weekend in our series, Unity Over Division, our two-part kind of mini-series that we did at Lake Forest Church, and we are finishing up uh, that series and moving into the fall series this week, but we wanted to take a moment to to kind of look back and and discuss what we talked about, what Aaron uh, spoke over us through that message, and and so we're going to do that now. You guys ready? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And talk us, us through a little bit of unity over division in this week two. What was the big idea coming into week two? Well, you know, we when we conceived of the series, we you know, there's this really interesting word, and we talked about this last week that mm-hmm. Paul uses in Romans in the 14th chapter. He says, "Don't um, you know? Don't quarrel and and don't break fellowship over what he calls disputable matters." Yeah, and um, it's so funny. I, I normally preach out of the NIV translation, uh, not because I think it's there are lots of good reasons to use different translations at different times. So we, that's a podcast for another time. <laughs> but um, there, my wife likes to read out of the um, uh, American Standard version. Okay, and it actually uses the word um, opinion, differing opinions for disputable <laughs> matters. And I thought, wow. Oh wow. Um, so anyway, the big concept was. Look, uh, Christians are going to have some things where we have differing opinions mm-hmm. on things that are important. Mm-hmm. But Paul says, don't break fellowship over it. So that was really part one, disputable matters. So if part one of the series was disputable matters, then part two is indisputable mm-hmm. matters. What are the things that Christians have? What, what really marks a Christian? If, if we can disagree over these things, then those can't be the true marks. What, what is a true mark? And I trying to make the case I think Paul makes the case in Romans 12 of what what it really means for that to be your primary identity mm. that's that's great yeah um, so, should we just pray and go home now that's that was I think so. that's a little <laughs> yeah. heavy for the podcast short, a really short podcast <laughs> yeah yeah uh, no it, it's good I mean the, these days especially it seems like words in general have more weight to them than perhaps ever, right? That there's certain judgments, I'll even use that word, or connotations that certain labels or words have. And so um, talking about what it means to be a Christian seems to be kind of a, a noble task these days, right? Mm, yeah. Doesn't it? And, yeah. and not, not, a, not an easy one. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, especially in a world where, you know, there there are more Christians now in the southern hemisphere mm. than in the northern hemisphere, right? Yeah. Like there's this, um, and boy, what what is what what does that mean for those of us in the northern hemisphere, or for that matter, in in, in the U.S., right? Um, what what can we learn 
hmm. about what it means to follow Jesus from someone who maybe doesn't share some of our other cultural lenses. It doesn't mean that we have to abandon all of our cultural lenses. Like that, right. It's not that we're just going to swap ours out for theirs. They have something to learn from us too, presumably, right? Right. Um, but that's a really interesting question. Uh, if, if Jesus is bigger than any one nation, mm. if he really is Lord of all creation, what, what do we have to learn from each other? I, I, I just think that's, boy, in this time, perhaps more than ever, that's mm. an important question. Yeah. Yeah, so this word of um, transformation that we hear in, in Romans, Romans 12 um, and Romans 13, 14, those kind of chapters we've really been living in in these last couple weeks, and, and that word transform is, is just so uh, evocative and powerful of a word. But what, um, what are the ways that we kind of take that mantle on? If we, if we just make a decision to transform, to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, even to use that, that scripture, um, what does what does that mean for us as as citizens of of this world in this time? Well, I, boy, that that's a pretty big question. I I have to confess, my kids made fun of me for my um, Power Rangers reference. By yeah. the way, <laughs> apparently, you know, they said, "Dad, how old are you?" Yeah. They're like, hey, I, I'm I'm a young ish person i remember power rangers yeah me too oh, me too so yeah. what what year was what i mean was our, our gen z people don't know what the power Rangers. okay are. that's, that's right sure. yeah that's yeah. for sure yeah. so so the joke in my house is my 12 year old will always say oh that must have been back in the 50s when dad lived and the dinosaurs <laughs> walked the earth so that's kind of he think he loves that trope <laughs> that's so good transformation i don't know see what do you think of that that's such an interesting question and what does it mean that transformation uh, what does it mean for what? Like in what context? Do you mean just in general transformation in general? Well, no, in this context, I mean yeah. that, that's what we're supposed to do as okay. people living in this world, and as we're going to take on that label of Christians mm-hmm. as difficult of a mantle as it may be to carry. Yeah. Um, how do we go about doing that? Yeah. Well, you you did you you named it right. The con- this context, Paul says there are two options. Mm. Mm-hmm. You're you're either going to conform to the world around you. Yeah. Or you're going to be transformed. So, you know, the, the question is, in what way are Christians, in what way does Paul think Christians are to be different than the world around us? Mm-hmm. Um, I first became a Christian. Today, um, the when I think back on my childhood, I, I love Christian T-shirts. I'm not knocking that. I'm wearing one right now. <laughs> yeah, I just I'm noticing that actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, somehow it, I, I knew I was supposed to be different. But I think even as I was wearing that T-shirt, somehow I knew that the transformation was to be more than just on the outside. Like it was, mm-hmm. there was something deeper, even though I didn't quite get it mm-hmm. fully. You know? Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. It, I think most, and this was my experience, that when you heard that kind of that word transformation, or or what you were talking about, how how do I, how am I different than the world around me? I think there was another brand of. I remember wearing a lot of Christian T-shirts because yeah. Yeah. that's just. I loved Christian t-shirts growing up, especially the pun ones. Breadcrumb and fish. Exactly. I mean, I had yeah. one that I'm a, so I played PlayStation. That was my thing. But so there was a Christian t-shirt instead of PlayStation, 
they in the same font and with different Christian I know symbols. Where this is going. I already got it. Salvation. Oh, so I oh, thought you were going to say PlayStation. No, it wasn't PlayStation. It said Salvation. It probably is a PlayStation. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah. so it was always like there's that vein of it, right? Where you're just kind of maybe speaking about different things than maybe another teenager would be, or as one teenager might be talking about the music that they were listening to at that point um the secular music because mm-hmm. i wasn't allowed to listen to secular music yeah um i would talk about the bands that i liked and they were christian alternatives yeah. Yeah. to this to the secular thing and so it seems like that's kind of carried over into our society just a little bit this mm-hmm. kind of like there's this secular way of living and then there's this kind of sacred or christian way of living yeah. and the transformation you know, it's it's kind of it happens one time and then you're on a different path, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's never a thing that you really revisit. Yeah, yeah. It's always yeah. a it's like always a, like a light switch or something. Yeah, like a light yes, switch or like exactly. a fork in the road. Yeah, yeah. I, I transformed at yeah. one point in my life and now I'm no longer mm. that anymore. Mm. And what this seems to be in in this particular context, especially when, you know, every so Every uh, couple months, there's this new thing to be emotional about, mm. whether it's, you know, something in the media, something happening in your own life or different things. Um, you, you kind of you, you lose the nuance of the transformation because you're like, shouldn't I have already figured this out by now? Like yeah. if with this new issue, this new ju- issue of injustice or this new issue of, you know, every four years, there's yeah, new yeah. people put in front of me saying, who am I going to vote for? Mm. It's it's a little bit disorienting because in some ways you're going into a new situation, believing that you've already solved that problem once, yeah. right? Like I mean, with the last election cycle, 2016, I in my head had already decided who was the good guy and who was the bad guy, and mm. now this cycle, I'm like, wait, <laughs> am I do I have to decide that again? You yeah, know, and yeah. so that but that. A new challenger approaches. A new challenger, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you're having to rehash, you know, some Man. of these old thoughts that you used to have, um, or maybe things have changed to the mm-hmm. point where, like, I don't really feel as strongly as I used to feel about mm-hmm. these certain things, or maybe there's some other things that I feel more strongly about. Mm-hmm. And this whole thing about Paul saying, you know, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Mm-hmm. And the verb in the tense is the the Greek tense of the verb is ongoing, not yet completed. Oh, wow. Which the transform. Instead, be in the act of being transformed. Well, in that way, the NIV, I guess that's the NIV that we're talking about, uh, that verbiage actually does a little bit of a disservice to what he's saying because it says be transformed, meaning... Past tense. That's right. right. Are you listening? Yeah. NIV, are you listening? Yeah. yeah. No, no. Right. yeah that's Points really for true. Mary Robin there. That's right. Yeah. Points, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, if it's oh, the tra- be transforming, you know, be this, transforming is yes. the ing mm. verb. And, and I think that's the hard thing, I think, for especially Christians in, in our particular context, where there are people who are saying, hey, you need to change, you need to update, yeah. you need to recalibrate. Always, wow. and most Christians, I'm just going to make a generalization, maybe it's an overgeneralization, but I think we're taught a particular type of faith or a particular way of believing that says you did it once and now it's solid. Yeah. Now it's done. Um, and you're good. Just kind of stick to this thing that we've set out for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. And I think it really is disorienting for Christians who are being ushered into new mm-hmm. issues. Um, some old issues that are being rehashed out in the yeah. new generation. 
Um, and it's really difficult. And yeah. I think that's, I mean, I'm just kind of, I, I did not know that coming into this conversation that I would have yeah. that thought, but no, it's, it's making so a lot more sense. I'm now. saying how, where, what we need, we need, we need the, the, um, the time travel machine of our back to the future series. Yeah. And we need to go back and re-preach Sunday's message. Cause that is pretty, <laughs> yeah. like, that's kind of cool, right? The yeah. So be see, transforming. Be transforming. Yeah. So as you were talking, now watch this. I'm going to really offend Nathan here, so hold on. Uh-oh, hold right. on. Let's get ready. I was thinking the PlayStation thing made me think of Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> now, I know those are different platforms. That's yes, true. Okay, okay. It's true. But, but in my... Hey, I like Nintendo. Yeah. Too. <laughs> He's wearing a Nintendo shirt. I am wearing Nathan a Nintendo wearing... shirt right now. <laughs> oh, my, oh, my word. Okay. So this is too much. Tell us more about what you're wearing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Wait, Caesar, what are you wearing? <laughs> I'm, wear- I'm wearing... Uh, of Louis Vuitton. <laughs> it's like a imagine like the red carpet. That's wow. true. That's Where, true. What are you wearing? Who, what are you des- wearing? who designed it? <laughs> well, watch this. Okay, this is really a kid. Really you are shade for the for that comic because I'm is. totally wearing an NES controller on this. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I don't know much about video games. In fact, the only video game system I ever owned was a ColecoVision. Yes, uh, whatever that is. Hyper nerd <laughs> moment right there. But I remember reading an article about the famous Japanese video game designer who did all the Mario. What's his name, Nathan? Uh, Miyamoto. Miyamoto, okay. Yeah, Shigeru so, Miyamoto. Miyamoto's genius, as I understand it, was that um, the game got progressively difficult at a rate that the challenge of each level matched the play of mm. each level. Mm. And actually, in the field of um, uh, psychology and, and business literature right now, they actually have a word for that. They call it flow. Mm. Right, flow is when the balance of challenge and play come together, so it's just the right. Mm. And and if there's too much challenge and not enough play, we give up because it's too hard. Right. And if there's too much play and not enough challenge, we give up because we get bored. Right. Okay. So Caesar, as you were talking, I was thinking about the progressive nature of challenge. Uh, mm. I'm going way out on a limb here. That the Lord has brought me into the flow, if you will, mm. of spiritual formation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That in some ways, when I think I've got something figured out, hey, I know how to be kind and loving to this person who's being a jerk to me right now. Right? I got mm-hmm. that. Well, then the Lord brings a just a one notch up new level of challenge on me. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, I get to drop down into the dark dungeon part of Super Mario Brothers or whatever that is. Double, yeah. double, double. Yeah. There it is. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Don't sing too much. Copyright. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I wonder if there's a little bit of that to this, right? That in some sense, you you said these things keep coming up. Like every mm-hmm. four years, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to face an election. And yeah. am I any better this election cycle at, at prayerfully seeking God's wisdom in the scriptures for how I should vote? Am I any better at at loving and listening to those with whom I disagree? Am I any better at, like, yeah. I, it's it, it's almost like an opportunity to practice that being transforming. Yeah, and if we're so going to conform yeah. to our patterns of this world, it seems like apathy is the solution that, that our world is coming up with yeah, yeah. for these issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with every news cycle, there's always something to be sad about or to be angry about or to be impressed with. Mm. And it's created this kind of numbness I think most people have to where it's like, okay, that was, you know, we've been here before, so I'm not going to get as emotionally charged or I'm not going to be as sad about it, not be taken over by it. But that doesn't seem like a really Jesus-focused or centered 
um, coping mechanism. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so well, I wonder what what then if if apathy or or numbness isn't the answer. I would be intrigued to know what what is the transforming mm. answer. Um, do I become more emotional? You know, I, I just don't know what the I just don't know what the reaction is. So many good questions in there, and I, man, this this episode's already taken off. I'm really excited about where this conversation has gone, but I can't. You help. just like it because we mentioned it. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I was sitting here thinking that good Lord, I hope 2020 is the final boss because I don't know how much more we can take. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's fair. That's fair. You know, but I I was just thinking about. Um, I was just thinking about what to go a little bit back to what Caesar was talking about in, in the tense conversation, but what a great remedy um, for the chaos of the world, you know, which is a continual transformation, not just a, a being transformed, but mm-hmm. a continual evolution of what mm-hmm. our faith and our, not necessarily our faith, but what our, our approach to how we yeah. deal with the chaos of the world the through out of our, our faith, the working out of yes, our faith, right? Yes, right. Yeah. can allow us to. Um, to, to kind of tackle these things head on, but because my good, we were talking a little bit before we started recording, just how um, there seems to be a somewhat lack of clarity on what side to take. Because in the mm-hmm. past, in some tragedies that our world has faced, there's been a, a clear unification of not just one country, but the world in some yeah. ways. I mean, in, yeah. in, even in, in events like 9/11 and, and that kind of thing, you mm-hmm. see this kind of camaraderie that comes afterwards in the unification but in this stuff and it's not just the the weariness that we're all facing with the pandemic it's all the racial issues we faced this year and now it's mm-hmm. the election stuff you know there it's more gray than it's ever mm-hmm. seen mm-hmm. Yeah. um and and i um yeah i just reminded of the words uh of jesus though to 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 his people where he says um that in, in this world you will find trouble. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. to go back to what you were talking about mm-hmm. a little bit, Aaron, is, is that Jesus, we shouldn't be, I guess we shouldn't be surprised by the escalation of mm-hmm. chaos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's part of, of becoming a, a mature Christian, if I could say that, is recognizing that even if you do find in your faith and in your um, countenance a way to deal with whatever thing you're facing, it doesn't mean it's, it's one and done, right? Mm-hmm. It means that we're going to continue to have to to face these these troubles um but jesus says to, to take heart because he has overcome those and that that, that is yeah also an ongoing mm-hmm. statement that's an ongoing promise i think that we yeah. have in jesus yeah and that that idea that in our lifetimes this is the most tumultuous moment sure. it yeah. seems like sure. 2020 is like the the worst year Final you know, in my lifetime <laughs> but you 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 started your sermon with a World War One story. Yeah, yeah. Where I love that story. Where I do man. Too, and man. This, the story is that it's 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 basically the beginning of the war. Like mm-hmm. I think the first or second year. I'm, yeah, it's, I'm, it's, te- I'm, it's technically eight months in. Yeah, eight months mm-hmm. in. So it's December because mm-hmm. um, they always start wars in the summer because that's when you can do most of the fighting. And I've mm-hmm. I've heard plenty of documentaries and historians talk about this. And World War One started. Thinking it was going to be done, you know, before Ooh, before Christmas. When, okay, so kind of like the pa- pandemic in a, started back very, in uh, April. Yeah, well, and your and your story <laughs> reflects this because in December they're still in fighting. Yeah, but it's Christmas, yeah. and both sides are at the at the line in which most of the fighting is happening. You know, the the front, um, mm-hmm. and both sides on Christmas 
are you know eight months into the war yeah. a lot of death at that point has happened but they still find time to celebrate Christmas together yeah. and it's this weird moment of like you would think that the climax is is more death yeah yeah but it's a it's a moment of just silence and peace granted it now it after Christmas they go back to fighting <laughs> sure, sure you know but I, I think about that particular moment and then I also think of you know just what World War one was mm-hmm. in the grand context of all of that it was the first world war sure so nothing really got resolved the first time you know <laughs> mm-hmm. and led to more more mm-hmm. what, what do you guys think do division? it see in 30 years okay yeah <laughs> well yeah but you same know, time it, it, same place it's, it actually sowed the seeds for yeah. the second world Absolutely. war and and even to what we're experiencing you know nowadays with with I mean it changed history mm-hmm. um, and so I'm, I'm I went to a mu- I went to an art museum this past weekend um, they were all free in Charlotte and I remember he, seeing he wore his Louis Vuitton yeah I wore my Louis Vuitton <laughs> but, but the I remember art seeing museum. pieces like Picasso I yeah. remember seeing some of these people who were you know they were either in the context of World War One, World War II yeah. but then started making art after that mm. and the style being really gray or mm-hmm. they're it, it, very non-traditional meaning something happened to them that marked them so much to where they couldn't even produce art in in a way that would that resembled anything that happened before it yeah yeah, yeah. and is that and, I, this is i know a little bit but this i'm just this is a kind of a trivia question curiosity thing is that where his blue Picasso's like blue period came out of I think it's a World War One thing because yeah. the Spanish dictator was kind of in power and he was very brutal and he was an enemy of Picasso was an enemy to that brand and so yeah he kind of okay. left Spain was really disillusioned with it but still loved Spain huh so it's like a weird it's a public Picasso has an interesting story yes in doing, yeah, and much. it's political but it's artistic yeah, yeah. but I kind of think now to our our scenario where it's like the the landscape is forever going to be changed by the late yes. teens of yes, the first right. of, right. of this two thousands. Mm, that's right. Um, and mm. makes me wonder then, you know, people of faith, if we believe in a resurrection, if we believe yeah. in you know the hope of Jesus, how do we usher, you know, our neighbors, our families into a place that um, responds and starts to create things. Um, <clears throat> that look fundamentally different than what we were creating before this all happened, before the division that was so heightened um, and before the pandemic and things like that. And it, it gets me excited, but it also, you know, if World War One, you know, shows us anything, that there could be a World War Two, you know, but mm-hmm. then yeah. there might not be. And I think that's the, the transformation kind of stuff is really intriguing in the in a global sense. Mm-hmm. Um See, you, you, you said something earlier that reminded me of um, the, uh, and, oh, and by the way, like we should get some kind of podcast bonus points. We've now touched on Miyamoto, mm-hmm. Picasso, <laughs> uh, Spain, and Spain. the early part of the 20th History. century. Yeah. Man, we are, we are, we're killing it. We See, should go, uh, it. we should go uh, as a team compete on Jeopardy. That's right, that's right, that's right. That's right. <laughs> some people may call it schizophrenic. Yeah. We call it awesome. That's yeah. right, that's right. I love it. <laughs> Sees your, your Davidson diploma is showing. Sorry, yeah. sorry. I love it. I, love it. I, I do too. I love right. it. Man. Well, so anyway, at the end of the sermon, I, I really was trying to, there's this blessing that kind of Paul gives. It's, 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 it's an odd blessing, but it's part of his blessing in the very, in, in Romans 15, at the very end. And I read it to end our, our sermon. Mm-hmm. And sees there's a part of this 
that reminds me, he says, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures, the endurance and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. And then he goes on to plead for this unity again. But I, I mm. think that's the invitation, right? Mm. The, the, just the, the endurance. Yeah. St- stay in the game. Um, yeah. Stay in the flow. Don't give up. Mm. If, if you just and, and the difference between maybe Christianity and just kind of a, a, a secular humanist optimism, mm. which is a lot of folks in our world, like, hey, if we, we'll get there, but we'll get there on our own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The difference for the Christian is that Jesus says, hey, I already know how this story ends, mm. and don't worry, uh, Mario's going to rescue the princess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's her name? Peach. Peach, see? <laughs> I love it. Uh, Mario's going to, yeah. Or er, early on, oh, it, the goodness. translation was Toadstool. It was Princess Toadstool in the early games, and then she later kind of had this more yeah. feminine design. Yeah, I'm going to go with Peach. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so the difference with the Christian is the reason we have hope, the reason we can end, the reason we can be encouraged, even when it's still hard, mm-hmm. is because we know, we know, we know, right. we know he's going to get peach. Yeah. And um, uh, he being Mario, not, not Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's taking a weird turn. It, weird, <laughs> the metaphor is uh, breaking down. This is what happens when I try to talk about video games, by the <laughs> yeah. way. I love it, I love it. But I'm I think, always, I'll always be here to correct you. Right? Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, I think that's Caesar something to that transforming, right? We can stay mm. in the process and not give in to apathy, which I think mm-hmm. is the... That's my temptation right now, yeah. is just kind of quit and just yeah, say, ah, yeah. this oh, is yeah. so icky, I'm just pulling out. And I know that God is tra- continuing to transform me. I know that he's doing what he promised in Paul's words in Philippians, uh, that he is faithful to complete the good work he began yeah. in me. And when's he going to complete it? In the day of Christ Jesus. Right. Meaning when we reach that finish line, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I think when I can... When I can renew my mind and actually hold that that thought consciously like sometimes that's that's the work of prayer for me I, I we I know I've been feeling the need a deep need to talk a lot more about prayer hmm. well because while prayer is making supplication to God for our needs it really really is that's the most basic kind of prayer there, there's also this other part to prayer which is um, uh, bringing into my mind with God's help the the truth that can then set me free. In this case, the truth, okay, I, it is chaotic, it is, but but Lord, you're doing, you're working something, and as you say in Philippians, you're gonna complete this. Let me just hold that in my conscious mind mm-hmm. in prayer right now with you. Mm-hmm. And when I can do that with the help of the Holy Spirit, my anxiety starts to diminish, mm-hmm. my courage to love my neighbor starts to grow, mm-hmm. um, my fear about, oh, is the world going to hell in a handbasket? That dissipates some. I'm able to find that hope and that endurance that Paul talks about. Mm-hmm. And so is it, is it fair to say, looking at the overall goal of this series, is it fair to say that the way that we love our neighbor, especially those who don't, dis- who don't believe the same way we do, is to actually focus more on our own transformation than the, than the transformation of those around us? Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's, wow. I, that's a good, that's a fair point. Yeah, well, that's Paul's point, right? He says, yes. you, it, it really is the, mm. the, the speck of dust in your eye. Mm. I mean, the speck of dust in your neighbor's eye, plank in your own. Yeah. I, I can't control what my neighbor's going to do anyways. Right. right? Let's right. be honest. The only yeah. person I can control is me. Yeah. Mm. Um, so 
I might as well get on with controlling me right mm. now. Like, okay, Jesus, what mm. are you requiring of me in this? Particularly my Christian brother and sister that disagree with me. I, I also gotcha. need to, I also need to think about loving my neighbor. That's part yeah. of this too. Right. But we've been really preaching to the church in this situation because yeah. how we yeah. respond to each other as Christians is either going to reflect God, and as Paul says here in Romans 15, 7, if we accept one another, we will bring praise to God. Either the way we treat one another is going to bring praise to God in this setting, or, you know what, it's going to kind of, quite honestly, make God look bad. Yeah, and that goes back to what we kind of started our time talking about in this word Christian, like Mm -hmm. what the people think about the people who use that label, right? Mm -hmm. And if this is really the work we're supposed to do, then I think that label becomes a lot easier maybe not easier to bear, but a more something we could be more proud of in the way that we know that our churches and that our people are actually doing this first, transforming ourselves and loving our neighbors, which is just what, that's, that's what Jesus said it was all about. Yeah. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Well, I want to thank you all for joining us this week on our episode of Tell Us More. I also want to thank Aaron and Caesar for joining us once again. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Join us next time when we ask uh, our speakers to tell us more. Goodbye.